0: So we continue our theme of Fruits of the Spirit, and we have two to go, penultimate one. This is the term of gentleness. And again, to remind ourselves, I say this every week, you could probably do it yourselves if you've been following this. The Fruits of the Spirit, we find them in Galatians chapter 5. And they're all virtues, or they're all characteristics which describe the nature and the personality of who God is. And the more that we spend time with Him, the more we become like Him and we begin to demonstrate these uh, attributes, these fruits of the spirit, these fruits of what God is like, we become like as well. So this week it's the term or the time, should I say, of gentleness. And uh, you'll be well used to this now, it's definition time, over to you.
1: So gentleness is basically sensitivity of disposition and kindness of behavior, founded on strength and prompted by love.
0: Super. That was brief. You're not going to give us any Greek or anything like that today? and no. oh, yeah. You've kind of caught me unaware and I'm not sure where we are on the notes. Great. Here we go. So, this is where I was thinking when we're thinking about the word gentleness. I'm thinking, hmm, this is, I'm just going to be real honest. The male psyche bit of me goes, when I think of gentleness, I'm not rushing up to go, oh, give me more of that. And the reason being is that... Uh, for me, anyway, as a bloke, it's like I kind of attribute gentleness to weakness. I mean, uh, again, I, I'm gonna. This is a bit of a um, what's the word I'm looking Stereotype. for? Stereotype. I knew I had it written somewhere in my in my notes. Uh, but how many wee boys and and I'm sure many girls as well would be growing up going oh. I, well I just want to be more gentle and more whatever it's right. not really something that sort of comes naturally and yet gentleness can be incredibly powerful and incredibly strong and when it's demonstrated through our words and through our actions it can be incredibly powerful and that's what we really want to look at this morning mm. and we begin as we always would do By looking at the nature of God. And how he demonstrated gentleness. And I was thinking of that time. When Jesus comes. uh, At Passover festival. As he comes riding on a donkey. Into Jerusalem. Just a number of days before his death. And this was actually foretold. By the prophet Zechariah. So we read in Zechariah. Chapter 9 verse 9. We read this. Everyone in Jerusalem. Celebrate and shout. Your king has won a victory and he is coming to you. He is humble and rides on a donkey. He comes on the colt of a donkey. And this is quoted by Matthew. Those very words in Matthew chapter 21 when Jesus actually fulfills that prophecy. The King Jesus has arrived with his disciples. He's come into the city of Jerusalem. It is mad because they're celebrating Passover festival. He's come. And he comes in victory. He comes knowing what is about to happen. And he comes in great, great gentleness and humility riding upon a donkey. As the days unfold and we get to read about the Last Supper and a number of other events that take place, Eventually, he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. And during the early hours of the night, he, he is arrested. And the, the, the soldiers come, the Jewish guard come, and they come and take him. And he just goes with great gentleness and, and great humility. in that. Vein. There's no fight. Uh, because in many ways, he actually doesn't need to, of course. And it's leading up to his death that he, he submits himself to the, uh, to the authority of the people there, entrusted but he also does it with great gentleness and meekness and humility in obedience to the father because he knew that this was what was to come but one of the most important things is he does this because he knows who he is Mm. and it's that that he he, he's able to demonstrate there's no there's no fight there he just simply goes as is needed and as we were pondering um, gentleness we, we see it very much uh, through Jesus' interaction and actions with so many people that he, mm. that he encountered with, especially those people that were in need. Mm. And uh, lots of that comes with the words that he spoke. And I think that words is actually an area where gentleness is demonstrated in a significant and powerful way. Uh, Proverbs 15 verse 1 says this, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Now we could camp out on that one uh, verse for weeks and if we would but apply those very things to the way in which we speak to one another and interact with one another like it has incredible power to change the way in which we relate with each other. A gentle answer turns away rough so rough and incur- would mean or indicate. That someone's already uptight and angry or upset about something and we know very well don't we when you're smiling already that, that when when uh, emotions are heightened words come out with uh, with volume sometimes with tone and and the best way actually to kind of diffuse that is simply is to kind of take a deep breath sometimes and just to answer gently mm. in my uh, former life as a teacher I learned very quickly that raising my voice and shouting doesn't really work that well. There were many times uh, when a pupil or pupils may be upset or angry about something and they raise their voice and it could it could come it could come with wrong words, it could come with just volume or whatever it might be. And I learned very quickly if I respond in the same manner, it just adds fuel to the fire. The mm-hmm. proverb says a harsh word in reply stirs up anger and I, it's just like pouring and on fire just heightens everything and gets things going mm. and I recognize really quickly goodness I, I just need to dial things down take a deep breath try to be the adult in the equation and just simply respond uh, with with gentleness and, and kindness but also with firmness that's not to say at mm. all that it's like that kind of behavior is okay. No, it's not. But you just begin to dial things down. And often I would take someone aside later on and have a private kind of conversation that was along the lines of, hey, you remember when you said such and such? I I didn't appreciate that. And if you kind of do it in that kind of way, so often the person ends up responding so brilliantly. And they begin to kind of open up themselves and say, oh, well, actually, sir, I was having a bad day and it wasn't great or whatever. And it's winsome. Gentleness demonstrated in this kind of way can be incredibly powerful and winsome. Proverbs 25 and 15 says, through patience, a ruler can be persuaded and a gentle tongue can break a bone. Gentle words can be powerful and it's often how God speaks to us through gentleness.
1: Yes we can read about that in 1 Kings 19 when the Lord speaks to Elijah so it says this, the Lord said go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord and the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So, that shows us, you know, God wasn't in the violent wind, he wasn't in the fire, he wasn't in the earthquake. He spoke to Elijah in a gentle whisper because that's the character and nature of God. He's kind, he's gentle. And um, As Paul was explaining about his teaching, that approach is far more impactful than a loud voice or shouting you know and also the beautiful thing about it is it requires us to draw close so that we can hear the whisper to draw near to God and listen for that still small voice for that gentle whisper where he's wanting to speak to us so we just encourage you even in that today if you take something away where are the times that you be still that you just let god speak that you just take a little bit of time to listen listen for his gentle whisper because god wants to speak to every single one of us and he does that in different ways through his word through other people through things we see. so just you know have that sense of openness and say lord speak to me speak to me in the gentle whisper i want to hear from you
0: So like most weeks as we've been covering these different fruits of the Spirit, we first of all focus our time on on demonstrating and kind of showing this is part of God's personality, this is who he is and, and how he relates to us. But then we begin to try and apply it to our own lives. You know, well, how does that work for us? How does that work in our relationships and how do we demonstrate that? And so one of the things that we want to pick up on the conversation is how, through gentleness, we as believers can encourage one another to live a more Christ-like life. In Galatians 6, verse 1, this is just after the passage that we talk about when we are reading The Fruits of the Spirit, where Paul has has documented or uh, has listed them. So Galatians 6, verse 1, Paul writes, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin... You who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. It simply is saying this when when we see or we know or we hear of or someone confesses their sins to one another, those uh, what did it say? those who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. It's simply saying those who that particular area of sin, that particular area, of life that you know is just not great. It's know that that's not what God wants you to live your life by. The person that can come gently and lovingly and help to restore you in such a way that brings about real change. Remember that verse we talked about when we talked about kindness? It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And that's why within the church or within any kind of relationship, Using words or or taking a course of action really forcefully doesn't necessarily always kind of work. And uh, what I wanted to do is just kind of consider what's it like for parents, parents and children. Consider if you've children or you've had children once upon a time and you uh, you know that they've done something wrong. Either you've caught them or you've found out or maybe... Uh, they've actually been really brave and they've come to you and they said, oh, mummy, I did this, and they're they're feeling really bad about something and they're they're already confessing and they're saying, I've done this. Uh, However you find out, your reaction to them is going to make a really big difference to the way in which they choose to live life afterwards. So they do something silly, and if we respond in such a way as we rant and we rave and we chastise and we raise our voices and we do whatever um, how are they going to respond next time they could respond in lots of different ways here's just a couple of them firstly they could be like I I am never telling dad again because remember the last time I did that he just blew his time just so they choose not to be honest and they choose to hide things from us and the second way is they can actually um, be so fearful of the consequences of doing wrong in an unhealthy manner that they become nearly legalistic themselves and they stick to the rules. Now, rules and guidelines and all that stuff, that of course, they are really, really good to kind of keep us right, right? Um, but we can end up just living our lives, just doing the right thing out of a sense of fear rather than... Actually, because, it's the right thing. because it's the right thing and we don't mm. want to hurt ourselves and we certainly don't want to hurt other people mm. and so the second way simply um, can be the parent responds kindly and gently and often that can just diffuse the emotion you see the other thing that comes when we do something wrong is we feel this deep sense of shame and guilt that kind of comes along with that And when someone lovingly, a parent lovingly, restores a child, it helps the child realise and recognise that they've done something wrong. But it's going to be okay. And that approach, uh, again, that's not letting them off the hook. And that's not then taking away any potential consequences that their actions might have led to. It's affirming that what they've done is wrong, but gently and lovingly restoring that empowers them to not make the same mistake again or make another mistake in a, in a different way. And so within our relationships with one another, when we know of someone who's struggling or they've, they've messed up or they're messing up in some sort of way, it's really helpful and really important that we gently and lovingly uh, respond in a helpful manner, in an empowering manner, not letting them off the hook and not saying, Fuck, sure, don't worry about it, everyone does that. No, that's not the right approach. It's about acknowledging their weakness, appreciating their openness and honesty, and lovingly restoring them and helping them. The Bible talks about confessing our sins to one another. And that's often something that's really, really difficult. And and sometimes we have to find the right person to, to kind of entrust and to share something really personal with. But it's really important that within a church body or outside of the church body, that we have safe, loving relationships where there's a sense of safety for a person to be open, to be honest, to share uh, their particular struggles. Me, you even.
1: Okay, so when we're thinking about this, how we relate to and treat one another, a good verse to look at is Ephesians 4, 2 and 3 it says be completely humble and gentle be patient bearing with one another in love make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace and whenever i read that verse it really reminded me of what i read about a vineyard pastor and wrote He was paying tribute to a long-standing member of his church, he was a leader in his church called Wendy, and this is what he said, he was talking specifically about forgiveness and growth. He said, to be a leader means to make mistakes and fail. We know that other leaders around us know that, yet when we do stumble, the conflicts that ensue often result not in understanding, instead a hardening and a refusal to accept moments for learning and forgiveness is what usually follows i have fallen out with leaders in our church over the years often because of my faults and feelings and at times because of theirs i have had many run-ins with wendy others in church faced with conflicts with me have just moved on and left but not wendy she has forgiven me And she has taken responsibility for her own feelings between us. Every single time she has grown and so have I. With Wendy, I have experienced that the cross is indeed bigger than any mistake and failing. And I just thought that was an amazing picture of humility and gentleness in that relationship between him and the leader in his church they were making every effort as it says in that verse to keep the unity of the spirit and sometimes it feels easier to just shelve it or run away from conflict but that way of each person taking responsibility for their part and doing what is quite honestly some hard work they're responding gently but also openly forgiving each other and in that situation both get to grow, both get to learn something about themselves um, and the relationship can actually be strengthened. So, you know, sometimes being gentle is hard, you know, and facing up to difficult things in relationships is hard and, you know, but the fruit of that can be amazing when we do what it says in that verse, when we make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit, you know, don't just give up at the first time Mm. you fall out with someone, just Mm. go, oh, well, I've fallen out with them. That's it. We just don't get on. It says make every effort and to do that with humility and gentleness, you know, and we've experienced that too, sometimes in difficult conversations with people, you Mm. know, but when, We've shown gentleness and respect and so have they. You know, you kind of work it out together. You do those, you know, the hard work. You have those difficult conversations. And then you can get up and continue on the journey with those people. And you learn something about you and they learn something about them. And they all, we all grow through it. So I just, that really struck me, you know. That sense of when you're in relationships, it's not always easy, but when we work together with gentleness and respect, there's so much we can learn and grow in together. And just to finish off, when I was at school, I remember going on an SU weekend and the speaker based all the talks on a verse from 1 Peter 3, it's verse 15. And he really, really emphasised it and broke it down. And for that reason, that verse has really stayed with me. And as soon as we mentioned the word gentleness, it came back to my mind. And it says, But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give a reason to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. And I remember being so challenged by it as a you know a young christian teenager you know first of all set apart christ as lord that jesus should be first in my life and first in my heart that i should be ready to share the reason with anyone who asks me for the hope that i have you know what's your faith about but to always do that with gentleness and respect and i really believe that if we lived that way in all our relationships many of them would be very different mm. you know and people looking on at us would also get a different view of God because they would see how we represent them in the world if we do that with gentleness and respect Mm. that would make such a difference you know and especially in this time in our world you know that we would show gentleness and respect to anyone we come across everyone we meet you know especially if they're different from us, you know, whether it's about race, belief, sexuality, whatever it is, you know, that, that we would, you know, just enter into those conversations and relationships with gentleness and respect, that would be amazing. You know, we've learned from the fruits of the spirit, you know, these wonderful characteristics of God. God is gentle, God is kind. He's displayed that over and over again in his word and the stories we read about Jesus and to us personally in our own lives. I'm sure loads of us could give stories of how God has been gentle with us when we've been hurt and broken or whatever it is we're going through in life. He has been so gentle Mm -hmm. and kind and he speaks to us in the gentle whisper. So just another encouragement this week, let's lean in and listen to him. Let's allow him to develop these fruits of the Spirit in our lives. And then let's display them to everyone we meet and to those who we are in relationship with in in our lives. So that's all we wanted to say about gentleness. I think it's time to pray.
0: Time to pray. Me or you? You can pray. My turn. Um, On Father's Day? Yeah. No problem. Father thank you that you are gentle and you are kind to us and again we just receive from you that truth and we invite your Holy Spirit to dwell deeply and richly Lives. So fill us again, Holy Spirit, with your presence, with your love, with your power. Help us to be more like.
1: That. Great to see you.
0: Thanks for tuning in. Stay in touch. Stay in touch with each other. Love and God bless.
1: See you soon. Bye. Bye.